¿Dónde están perros? Quiero verlos saltando. Deme más perros. Quiero verlos gritando. Quiero más Three, perros. Two, ya los one. Ladrando, Welcome to another episode of Cholos Unplugged. And we're here, uh, Francisco Velasco, your host, uh, for another episode. Yeah, happy to be here. A lot of lots to talk about. I'm here with Andre Bertrand. How are you doing, Andre? Pretty good, man. Just excited to talk about some Cholo soccer. Yeah, I mean, uh, it's been a while since we, you know, did a podcast. There's been three games, actually, uh, since we last did a podcast. We'll try to be more consistent, guys, but uh, had some stuff going on. But now the advantage is there's a lot to talk about. Um, we were pretty wrong about the uh, Cholos versus Toluca game. We said there wasn't going to be a lot of goals in it. Uh, we all had uh, predictions that, yeah, we're low-scoring predictions. But it turned out to be a 3-2 to two match. Um, yeah, initial thoughts about that game, Andre. Pretty good game there in Tijuana. Yeah, for sure. Um, obviously, like you said, we were really wrong about the outcome of this game. Um, pretty surprised to see how how attacking, how much attacking Chodos actually did, you know, because, you know, beginning of the game or the first couple games were very defensive, um, as you could tell. But, you know, they scored the three goals within, I think, 12 minutes of each other in the first half of the game. So at one point it was 3-0, yeah. and then Toluca scored one goal in the first half. But, you know, really impressive performance. Um, Maro Manotas, you know, like we were talking about, was having a pretty rough start to the season, um, bringing him in from Houston. Um, but Fidel, man, that guy is he's, – he's just picked right where he left off from last time he was in Tijuana. So uh, pretty good game. I enjoyed it a lot. The three goals were great. Um, well, one of them was kind of like, eh – Pretty easy goal, but a couple the other one, the other two were really good. So I enjoyed the game. Um, um, I'm glad we were wrong, to be honest, uh, because you know you want to see Tijuana win, you want to see them do well, and and they've been doing well. And I'm glad we were wrong about where the season was headed, and I'm glad they picked it up and they're doing better than we thought. Yeah, and you know overall the season, I don't know, like um, if you've been watching a lot of the Liga Mekis games. They haven't really been that exciting, a lot of the games. They've been lower scoring, a lot of uh, teams uh, left than, you know, zero. Uh, this game, it started off, you know, crazy, like you said. Cholo score, you know, uh, three goals in 24 minutes uh, to start off the game right there. 12. Which, oh, 12 yeah. minutes. 12. Yeah. yeah. Which is, uh, you know, ridiculous. And then, um, you know, Toluca, uh, they struggle throughout the game, but then uh, they get a couple goals there going. Uh, but, yeah, I mean – Amazing game here. Uh, overall, what do you think about the quality of the Liga Mekis so far? Or even Cholos' games before that game, uh, they were pretty unexciting, right? Like, before that match, all, all the Cholos' games. Yeah, before the Toluca game, remember, they only scored one goal, which was by Fidel, and it was a penalty. So yeah. it was really – it wasn't even exciting. It wasn't even fun to watch. You know, it was a lot of parking the bus, a lot of just a defensive-minded games. And the way that – I think the game against Toluca really sparked – Cholos and them scoring more goals and playing a lot more exciting football. Um, Liga Mekis, I mean, it hasn't been like what I expected it to be, like how it is, because it's a lot more exciting than, let's say, MLS for me. Um, yeah. But I think, you know, something that does affect the play is that there's no fans, you know. Mexico has that atmosphere where the fans really get the players going and they get them excited and stuff. So not having them is tough. But I mean, for what it is, it's, I, I, it's been pretty fun to watch. Uh, I think Cholos have been one of the more fun teams to watch, especially the last three games. So, Yeah, for sure. I mean, last three games have all been pretty good uh, for Cholos. Uh, we'll dive in now into the game against Atletico uh, San Luis. Uh, going into this game, I was pretty confident with Cholos. I mean, San Luis, 
uh, before this match had been like one of the worst teams in the league. Now they're they're getting going actually uh, quite a bit there. Some good results for for San Luis. Uh, but yeah, before this match, like I said, they were pretty much one of the worst teams in Liga Mekis. I really thought Cholos were going to go in and get the three points, even though it was away from home. Uh, but yeah, I mean, with Cholos, we always see consistently they struggle away from home. Something happens, they can't get the three points. And we saw it in this game. Yeah, for sure. You know, we saw, um, like you said, Atletico were one of the worst teams in the league going in. But, um, you know, it was a pretty even game. Um, Atletico, had they, they had 20 shots that they attempted in the game with only six on target. And then Cholos had seven shots with two on target, both leading to goals. So although Atletico did have a bit more attacking going on, um, Cholos executed better with the less chances that they had. So, and it was a pretty even game. I really didn't think that Atletico was going to score in the 95th minute, which was a surprise for everyone. You know, we're like, okay, you know, we're going to win this game. We're probably going to be top of the league. Um, but then, you know, out of nowhere, they scored that last minute goal. I think, I think it was Gallegos, right? Gallegos scored that 95th yes. minute goal. And I was just like, no way. I mean, at least it wasn't a loss, but, you know, good game. It was a pretty good goal too as well. It was yeah. a pretty good goal. Really good goal. Yeah. So, um, Props to him for executing for his team, getting points. At least it wasn't a loss. They did manage to get one point. You know, it did help him out. But, uh, yeah, it was a, that was a fun game. That was probably, for me, the funnest game to watch out of the three. Even though it was a 2-2 tie, I think it had more a little bit more excitement. It was a lot back and forth, right, in the yeah, game. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And good to see Atletico uh, actually going up in the table, too. So, And also Fidel Martinez in this game. Two goals. Uh, probably his best game uh, so far. Uh, it's absolutely amazing, right? Like what Fidel Martinez has done. Like you, you mentioned it before, uh, you were talking about the Toluca game with Fidel Martinez there. Uh, but yeah, I mean, his level of play right now is just unreal. I mean, a lot of people when, you know, uh, Cholo signed Fidel Martinez, they're like, they're just catering to the fans. They want to get, you know, those jersey sales up. They want to, you know, just uh, get the fans going. Uh, it was like fan pandering for some people. But now, you know, we see Fidel Martinez, his level of play is Really unreal, like I said. He's one of the best players right now in the Liga Mekis. And um, in this game, he was just incredible. Yeah, for sure. For sure. He was um, – he's been great. Um, like like you said, you know, I think the organization was kind of catering to the fans. When bringing him in, you know, he's a fan favorite. I think he moved up to third all-time in Cholo's goals since he's been back. Wow. Okay. So, you know, he is a club legend, and we all know that. But – the way this guy's been playing is top five player in the league for sure. You know, he's got four goals, uh, assists. He's got – he's up in assists as well. So, he's he's really – the well, he is the team's best player. And he's executing. He's making plays. He's getting the – I get the best thing about him being there is him knowing the team and him getting the guys going. So, I think he's been – like, uh, obviously, he's been a really good leader. Um, but, you know, just the way this guy's been playing, I mean, I know he was in China before and – you can't be that bad of a player and play in China. So, you know, he's been playing well. He's bringing back how he was playing over there. So I'm, I'm excited. I'm happy he's back. And hopefully he retires here. That's just the goal. Yeah, yeah. Fidel Martinez has been amazing so far. Uh, one unfortunate thing, though, in the game against San Luis was that Gonzalo Ajara did receive an injury. And against Leon, you know, he didn't feature in the lineup, uh, wasn't in there, uh, which is kind of a big blow because Gonzalo Ajara, in my opinion, has really been – uh, the guy that has carried the Cholos defense uh, has a lot of experience, obviously, with the Chilean national team. And, you know, he, he's usually paired with Victor Guzman, who's a youngster, or with Eduardo Tercero, who's a youngster as well. 
Um, you think this, how big of a blow you think uh, Gonzalo Jara is if he's out uh, for several weeks? Um, well, you know, obviously it'd be better to have him in the lineup. Um, and it's going to affect him defensively for sure, kind of like we saw. Uh, I think that's probably why Atletico scored that last-minute goal because, you know, they didn't have that defensive presence in the back. But, I mean, the way they played against Leon, uh, they did fine without him. So, yeah. Um, but it is, I mean, we'd much rather have probably your best defender in the game than not. But I think they'll be in good shape. You know, give a youngsters a chance to play and show what they're made of. But, you know, they brought him in for a reason because he is a good defender. He's got the experience. But uh, I think they'll be fine without him, to be honest. Yeah, now talking about that game against Leon, uh, going into this game, uh, for me, I just saw it as a really tough game. Leon, uh, they had come off a loss against Chivas at home. Uh, but for me, it was still a pretty tough game uh, for uh, Cholos there at home, especially about fans. I mean, with fans, you know, usually Cholos has a bit of an edge there at home. Uh, well, it looks like they still have that edge because they've been playing pretty well at home. Maybe the, it has to do with the turf. I don't know. Uh, but going into this game, what did you expect uh, from this game against Leon? Uh, for me, at best, I saw a draw and they definitely exceeded my expectations. I, I, I did predict that Chotos would actually win this game. Just coming off the last couple performances, um, you know, Leon did lose pretty bad to Chivas. If we're being completely honest, it wasn't, yeah. it wasn't, they're not the Leon that won the, the Ligia last time. You know, they just, they're coming off a championship and they're not playing like that. So it's, I was, and the way Cholos have been playing, they're up there in the table this season. So I kind of expected, you know, if not a 1-0 win, maybe a 2-0, which they did get. I didn't think they were going to get a draw, to be honest, especially not in Tijuana. So, you know, it did kind of live up to my expectations, but it was a, it was a good game. Um, and I did kind of see – it wasn't really a blowout, per se. Like, it was kind of back and forth in the games, uh, especially because they also did score in the – I'm pretty sure it was also the 95th minute of this game, except it was Tijuana this time. But um, – it was, a, it was a good game, for sure. Yeah, that one was dangerous throughout the game. I mean, there was one that hit the post there by Gigliotti, um, and then there was a shot that was pretty close to Jonathan Orozco's uh, net. But Jonathan Orozco, I mean, he was fantastic in this game, has been f- fantastic all season. Four clean sheets now in this season. Uh, pretty impressive, especially, you know, after last season. After last season, a lot of fans were worried that maybe Orozco wasn't at the same level, uh, you know, maybe kind of doubting here the signing. Uh, but, you know, he's a team captain. He's really been showing up for Cholos this season. In this game, he was pretty big as well. Uh, how important uh, has uh, Orozco been for you? Oh, super important. I mean, the guy's the captain for a reason. He leads the team with Fidel right there with him. Um, you know, Orozco is a Mexican. I think he's a legend uh, in the Liga MX, especially in the last decade. You know, he's a legend in Monterrey. He did pretty well at Santos. I'm pretty sure he won, if not won, a couple championships with them. So, I mean, the guy, the guy's good, and we know that. And he's been showing it this year. He's got a little bit more help in the defense this tournament than the last one. So that's also a plus. But, you know, a goalkeeper can only do so much without having help in the backfield. So, you know, he's got the help, but the guy, the guy can't make plays. He did mess up a little bit against Toluca. Um, but, you know, no problem. He's been playing well. He's got four clean sheets in, what, six, seven games? So very impressive from him, and uh, hopefully he keeps it up. Yeah, four and six, which is very, very good for any goalkeeper in the league, uh, for any backline in the league. 
And yeah, I mean, Jara was out, but um, in this game, you know, it was Victor Guzman. He was plugged in back into the lineup, a youngster there who's been playing really well. And then Julian Velasquez, you know, uh, who came back in there, uh, played pretty well as well in the center back position. So yeah, maybe uh, you're right. You know, I mean, maybe Cholos won't miss Jara all that much if he's out, you know, for a few weeks. Uh, because overall in the game, the, the defense was very, very solid. I also like Loronia there at the fullback position. He also helped a lot on the attack. Um, but yeah, overall, this game was just a very good game for Cholos. The only negative that I see, though, uh, was, you know, Sansores coming in, getting the red card. That red card was absolutely ridiculous. I mean, Cholos at that point, they were only winning one to nothing. Easily, that could have been a turning point in the game. Uh, Cholos, I mean, Leon could have scored uh, right there. They could have even won the game, you know, with a player or a man up there. Uh, but yeah, Sansores, for me, you know, he has scored this season, but for me, uh, I don't know. I just haven't seen the best of him out, out on the field. And I feel like the ideal lineup for Cholos doesn't include him. I don't know what, what your thoughts are on that. Yeah, uh, I completely agree with you. Um, yeah, he did have that goal against Toluca and everything, but just doesn't, he doesn't fit in the mesh and he doesn't mesh in with the team as much as, you know, uh, Manotas does. Like we thought, he was going to be the guy who wasn't going to mesh well, but he's been, he picked it up. Um, although he's only scored one goal, he's been playing well. Um, but that red card was, <laughs> it was just, it wasn't, it wasn't even necessary. So the fact that it happened, you know, it could, he could have cost his team the game. And, but, you know, luckily Castillo, he scored that 95th minute goal and which was crazy too, because it was, it was a long, kind of a long shot too for that, for that to even happen. So pretty excited for that. But yeah, uh, Sansores, Kind of needs to get it going or get it needs to get him out of the lineup, you know. I mean, he'd, pre, he'd be a good guy to come in uh, middle, middle end, end of the game. But, you know, he really needs to pick it up if he wants to stay in the starting 11. Yeah, for sure. I mean, Manotas has really picked it up, like you said. Uh, now has actually two goals on the season he scored in this game uh, with an assist from Fidel Martinez. Uh, pretty, pretty nice assist there by Fidel. Another great game by him. Uh, yeah, that goal by Castillo was crazy, right? I mean comes off the bench and yeah, I mean, it looks easy, you know, it looks easy to to score, but it was not an easy goal by any means. I mean, he really uh, picked up his pace in that goal. And then at the end, the, the, you know, the finish was very, very good. Uh, almost didn't have much of an angle there, but uh, pulled it off. Um, I don't know if you, did you see the goal call by John Laguna? I did it. Oh, it was, it was, <laughs> it was. Oh like, yeah. Yeah. The, the call. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Dale way. <laughs> when he said that, I was like, what the heck? I love that dude. John Laguna is one of my favorite commentators. He's so funny. Yeah, he's awesome. When he man. said that, I was like, there's no way he just said that. <laughs> like, he wanted them to score, and he did. That it was just that was priceless. And I saw a couple memes of it on Twitter, like and TikTok and stuff like that. So funny. It was a funny call, super fun to watch, too. So I'm I'm glad I'm glad you know he made it a little bit worthwhile at the end too. Yeah, that was absolutely amazing there. Uh, but you know, speaking a bit a bit about Fabian Castillo, you know, uh, do you think he's a player that should potentially be in the Cholo starting eleven? I mean, for me, he's a player that could you know do these type of things. You know, especially with his speed, he has a lot of speed there, a lot of skill. Uh, do you think potentially he could get his way into the Cholo starting eleven? Well, yeah, he could definitely if he's doing stuff like that. Like, you know, that it's not – he didn't score an easy goal. Yeah. I mean, he did kind of score a long shot. It was a fun goal. Um, he's got the speed, like you said. And, you know, typically we're talking about a guy like Sansores who is not playing well. 
So if he's not playing well and Castillo's doing things like he was against Leon, you know, why not stick him in the starting lineup? Why not give him the shot? Maybe they go, maybe they score even more goals in the game than with Santos in there. So, I mean, you got to give guys a shot. Guys who are playing well versus guys who are not, you got to, you know, kind of swap them out. Um, even if you're comfortable with, even if Guedes is comfortable with Sansores in there, if Castillo's playing better, give him a chance. You know, maybe he's going to be the player that, you know, scores a goal if you're not if you're not producing any of them. Maybe he's the one who's a game changer. So we'll never know unless we see him in the starting lineup. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he could also potentially just be like a bench piece where they, you know, throw him in there in the last few minutes as well uh, to get things going. And there at the end of the need offensive help, which could also help as well, like we saw in this game, of course. Uh, but yeah, I mean, Fian Castillo is never a bad player to have on your team, of course. Uh, but when you see that Cholo's bench is actually pretty decent. I mean, you have players like Jaime Gomez, uh, you have Jordi Cortizo, uh, you have Sansores, who we talked about a bit, but he could be a, a decent, you know, uh, bench player. Marcel Reese as well, which I'm surprised he hasn't found his way into the starting 11 uh, in his time in Cholo because he's a very talented player. Um, but overall, I mean, the depth on this team is pretty solid, I would say, enough to make a pretty decent playoff run, which is uh, pretty reassuring for Cholo fans. Yeah, because we're going from talking about how this team was in 15th, the last tournament, very not, it was just, they're not, they weren't fun to watch. And the fact that they've turned that around, complete 180, third place in the league now, um, definitely deserve to be where they're at right now. Um, so, you know, it's, I'm glad that these players have found the momentum enough to keep us at the top rather than be at where we at. We were, we were at last tournament, which is 15th. So, and I don't see us, I definitely see us making the Ligia now, the way we've been playing. Um, even though we got a couple of hard games coming up, um, I think we're gonna, I think we're gonna be in good shape, and hopefully, we stay in that to make the Ligia. Yeah, talking about you know the upcoming schedule, it's pretty rough for Cholos. I mean, this game against Leon was just the start, and now you know Cholos have an away game there against Tigres, who are arguably you know the best team in the league. Uh, then another away game in the same city there against uh, Monterrey. Crosstown rivals uh, for Tigres. And then uh, they host America there at the Estadio Caliente. Yeah, upcoming schedule is uh, looking pretty rough for Cholos. But the good thing is after this rough patch, it gets a bit easier there. Uh, but yeah, let's just talk about, you know, the upcoming schedule. Andre, uh, what are your thoughts on this run? Uh, how tough will it be for Cholos? So obviously, Tigres is going to be the hardest game of the three. Uh, there's a reason that they were in the Club World Cup final against Bayern Munich. Um, you know, they are arguably the best Mexican team in the last decade. So they're they're not going to make it easy for Cholos at all. And I and the good the good thing is that Cholos always play well against Tigres, especially to the games I've been to in Tijuana. And although they're playing in Monterrey this time, they still put up a, a fight against Tigres, which is always fun to watch. And every time I've been to a game, there's always a, there's always a bunch of fights, you know, like they get into it and Cholos aren't going to, they're not going to back down from Tigres just because they were in a club world cup final. And you never know, they could be kind of tired from playing against teams like Bayern and Palmerias and all those teams. So, I mean, hopefully, you know, Cholos can put up a fight. Um, and I think they will, but I still see Tigres taking the game, especially Gignac, the way that guy's playing. He's a freak. He's a complete freak. He's the best player in La Liga, probably one of the best players ever. 
in La Liga, the way he's been scoring goals. He, I think he's got 150 goals for Tigres in six years that he's been here, five and a half years he's been here. So the guy's always a goal-scoring threat. Their midfield, their defense, they're just a complete team. Um, but, you know, this is soccer, so you never know. Um, things can go Cholo's way this game, and they can beat him 3-0. Do I think that's going to happen? You know, probably not. Uh, I think it'll be a close one, though. Um, I go 1-0 or 2-0 to Tigres, if not 2-1. So we'll see how it goes for that game. Yeah, for that game, I'll, I'll probably say – I'll probably agree with you, like, 2 to nothing around there, one to nothing. I mean, also, Tigres, you know, they play a pretty conservative style of play. Uh, you know, they like possession, they like to keep possession. Uh, and Cholos, you know, could possibly do well on some counterattacks there against Tigres, especially if they start a guy like Fabian Castillo, who mentioned the speed, uh, will be pretty good for those counterattacks. Uh, but yeah, uh, definitely should be an interesting game there in Monterrey. Uh, and then against, you know, against Monterrey, also another tough game. Another team that plays kind of defensively as well now with Vasco Aguirre, uh, Javier Aguirre, they're the manager. Another team that's been doing very well defensively. Uh, but offensively, you know, hasn't really got it uh, going. But, um, yeah, it'll be another tough game there. And then, you know, the last game there against America at home is probably the best shot for Cholos to get, you know, a win in this run of three games. Or what's your opinion on that one? Yeah, I definitely see Cholos winning that game against um, America. Even though America's second place, they really haven't been putting up good performances, in my opinion. Um, although – you know, my opinion doesn't really matter. It's just kind of facts that they're not playing as good as they have been the last couple of tournaments. Um, Monterrey, I honestly kind of see that one. That could end up in a tie. You know, they're pretty close to each other in the table. They're third and fifth. Uh, Monterrey's right under Santos. So um, I see that being 1-1. Hopefully it is 1-1 or 1-0 Cholos. Uh, that's going to be way closer than Tigres. Um, although it's going to be hard to play Monterrey again two weekends in a row. Um, you know, I still yeah, think for sure. they have a better chance to win against Monterrey and America, you know, back in the Estadio Caliente, been playing great this season there. Um, you know, Cholos, I feel like it's always back and forth between America, um, even though they got absolutely destroyed last game, which is, I think, 4-0 that America yeah. beat Cholos. But um, it's not the same Cholos, you know, they got Castillo, you got Fidel playing the way he is, Jonathan playing the way he is. and you know, America's been pretty unexciting in attack. So uh, hopefully, I think I can see Cholos winning this game one or two zero. So overall on this run, uh, how many points do you think Cholos will get in these three games? Uh, four? Four or two. I think it'll be they'll win one game and tie one, or they'll tie both. I don't think they're going to lose both against Monterrey and America. The Tigres one is the one and I'm worried Tigres about. Tigres just have it as a, as a loss, right? Yeah, Tigres a loss. Um, I'm not going to say for sure, but Tigres have a better chance to win or to beat Tijuana than Monterrey and America do. Yeah, I would agree with that as well. I would say two, two points out of this run. Uh, I think it's going to be just a tough run for Cholos. I mean, facing those that high quality of play or, like consistently over the next three weeks, it's just tough, you know, especially when you have those teams back to back to back. Uh, I really think it's going to be a tough run for Cholos. But overall, I mean, like like we've been talking about in this podcast, it's really been a good run for Cholos recently. Been a great season so far. Definitely exceeding expectations so far. Uh, now Cholos are third place on the league table there. Toluca in first with 13 points. Uh, Medica in second with 13 points. And then Cholos right there in uh, third place 
12 points. A pretty decent goal differential there of four. Have only allowed four goals this season. Uh, but also, you got to consider, you know, Tigres was in the club World Cup. Uh, they're down there in ninth place. But they've played uh, two less games than Cholos and the most teams in the league. Uh, yeah, Tigres have an upcoming game this Wednesday against Cruz Azul, which will probably be a tough game for them. But uh, currently, Tigres has seven points, has the potential to get 13 points uh, and be up there in the table uh, with the next couple of games. Uh, but yeah, so far, uh, looking good for Cholos there in third place. Uh, your thoughts there on the on the league table, Andre? Yeah, so, I mean, Cholos are where they need to be and where they've been, how they've been playing. They deserve to be in the top three right now. Um, it's pretty surprising to me, though, that Toluca is in first again, or they're still up there because the way they played against Cholos in the last couple games, you know, I don't really see them being the best team in the league. But, um, you know, obviously with Tigres playing the two less games because they were playing in the Club World Cup, we know that they'd be up there if they had those two games played. So obviously they play coming up Wednesday in a couple of days. They're going to play, um, you know, so it's, they're going to be up there again. Um, like I said before, I think, you know, Cholos have – the power right now to stay up in the top five uh, for the remainder of the season. Maybe they'll go a little bit under against the games and against Monterrey Tigres and then hopefully spark back up when they play America. But like you said, you know, they've been, they've been, they improved dramatically in all aspects of their game, especially attack as we've seen. Um, Cause you know, they really, uh, they, they're, they're noted for being a defensive team uh, overall. I mean, they were a better attacking team when they had uh, Biojo as their coach. But, yeah, you know, sure. they, They've been known to be a defensive team, so which they've been doing well at. And obviously with Hara out, they're gonna, it's going to be a little bit tougher. But I'm liking what I'm seeing on both sides of the ball. So uh, hopefully they stay where they're at or maybe go back up to first. You know, you, we don't know because they were first for a little bit. So Yeah, everything's looking good for Cholos right now, like I said. Uh, but yeah, hopefully they can, you know, uh, stay in the top four because finishing in top four is big. I mean, you get a direct uh, spot there in the quarterfinals. And um, yeah, and we'll see what happens with Cholos along the way. To finish it up, just a quick shout out. Uh, Javier Gandolfi announced his retirement uh, recently. Uh, club legend for Tijuana, probably probably the best player to ever play for Cholos. Uh, I mean, he was a club captain there when, uh, when they won the championship. Uh, great defender there. Uh, the fans absolutely love them. I mean, I, I remember seeing a video a, a few years back when he left the club. You know, the fans, even they went to the airport uh, to, you know, send them off. Uh, absolute legend for the club. And, yeah, he announced his retirement. Any thoughts on, on Javier Gandolfi? Yeah, I mean, the guy is – that's El Capitan. You know, he was there when they won the, the trophy. Um, from when they went up to La, to the Liga Mekis from, from the second division, he, yeah. he was the captain. You know, the fans love him. He's always going to be a fan favorite along probably with Fernando Arce as, you know, the Tijuana, born and raised, played for Cholos, also won the championship. So arguably those two are the club's biggest legends. Um, Fidel is on his way to that with coming back and Duvier Riascos and Dairo Moreno and all those guys. But, you know, it's, 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 it's kind of sad to see him retire. I wish he could have retired in Tijuana. But, you know, it's not how it goes, and I'm, I wish him well in, his, in retirement stuff. But I do want to ask you one question. We did see Mazatlan let in fans in the last game. I think they were the first team in Mexico to do that so far in this tournament. 
they they were, and then Necaxa allowed him for one game. I actually went to that game, uh, Necaxa oh, versus San Luis. I, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, Mazatlan allowed him first, and then they canceled it because Sinaloa changed their their semáforo. Their you know the the COVID update it, it changed from um, I think it was yellow, and then it went to orange. Uh, because I believe uh, for league measures, you need to be in the yellow zone uh, for there to be fans. Uh, but yeah, um, yeah. So Mazatlan allowed it first, and then Necaxa, and then Necaxa shut it down again. And now, yeah, Mazatlan is consistently letting fans. I believe they're still in the orange zone, though, which is kind of iffy. I don't know what's going on there. But um, yeah, Mazatlan has been allowing fans. So... With Mazatlan allowing fans and them also being kind of one of the other teams closer to the border, including us, obviously we're the closest and stuff. Yeah. Um, do you Our think that Tijuana well. should start allowing fans to go into the game? I mean, it is a pretty big stadium. Obviously, it's not El Azteca, it's not El Estadio Acron, it's not Monterrey. But, you know, do you think they should start allowing fans to go in the game? Um, what measures should they take? You know, a lot of people have been getting vaccines, and a lot of the fans from – Tijuana are uh, residents of the U.S. You know, they come from San Diego, go to the game. So, you know, kind of want to talk a little bit about that. What do you think Cholos as an organization should do to try to let fans in the game? I know they got to work with the league to do that. But what do you think they should do? What are the things that they should try to implement to get these fans in the game? Yeah, I believe uh, California in general and Tijuana is still in the red zone which is not favorable at all. You know, I, I think, you know, Mazatlan can like kind of, you know, figure out their way just because the city, I believe, I believe actually like the city of Mazatlan overall is yellow, if I'm not mistaken. So that's why they can probably get over those barriers. But as long as it's red, I believe they have like absolutely no shot of allowing fans uh, with the league. I believe the league would just like say like, no, um, which is kind of tough, you know, especially when, yeah, we, we do consider a lot of fans do go over from the U.S., uh, probably a lot of fans are going to get their vaccines soon, uh, soon right, uh, in the U.S. Uh, but, yeah, I believe there's nothing the team can do as long as Tijuana is still uh, – as long as the COVID situation in Tijuana is still, you know, pretty bad, uh, which is pretty unfortunate. I mean, we all want to see fans in the stands. It helps the team out, definitely. Like, it does help out the team for sure, especially in a place like Tijuana. It's historically always helped out the team. Um, but, yeah, I mean – it affects the club in all kinds of ways, financial, emotional, everything, right? And it affects the fans as well. I mean, everybody wants to go out to the stadium, of course. Uh, they have been allowing some members of the press recently, but it's been very few. I believe you need to make an appointment. I believe they only allowed like two people last game. Um, so, yeah, it's been very few uh, members of the press. But uh, slowly, 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 we're seeing Leo Mekis clubs allowing more people in the stadiums. Uh, so, hopefully, this gets sorted out soon. But for now, yeah, I do think it's it's pretty tough. And, you know, seeing sporting events here like the Super Bowl and college football and all that stuff, you know, they have been – and now the NBA, they've been allowing yeah. fans. Hockey as well, the, NHL as well. Yeah, they've been allowing fans because, like, you know, obviously Marco's not here today. He wish he could be here busy. Me and him both live in Arizona. I'm home in San Diego right now. But we both live in Arizona, which is probably one of the more, you know – uh, conservative states so they've been allowing they've been one of the states to allow fans at every major sporting event and the numbers in arizona were absolutely ridiculous I and mean, they were the worst place in the world 
twice throughout oh, this wow. whole pandemic in COVID cases because wow. you go out and there's people at restaurants and bars and clubs and no masks. You know, people are like, you know, why do I have to wear a mask? Like there's not a pandemic going on. And, yeah. you know, I myself had COVID back in November. Uh, wasn't fun. I don't recommend it. <laughs> don't try and go and get COVID. It's zero going to a restaurant or a bar and getting exposed to it yeah. and exposing other people. And, uh, you know, me being 21, 22 years old, you know, that's what I like to do. I like to go out and I like to, you know, grab a bite to eat, you know, like we all do. And I know COVID is, you know, taking over our lives in a very negative way. And the worst part for me about this whole pandemic has been the fact that you can't go to a sporting event because me being a sports journalism major and I'm about to graduate and, you know, I want to go to these games, but why, why do you think the U S has allowed all these, like, cause the Super Bowl wasn't empty, bro. That was a, that was pretty <laughs> packed. And yeah. Definitely. Do you think Mexico's doing a better job handling this pandemic by not letting fans? Or do you think they should allow, you know, 3,000, 2,000 fans in the stadium separated? Or what do you think they should do similar to the U.S.? Or do you think they should, for now, keep the plan they got in place and not letting any fans? No, you know, it's kind of funny because overall, Mexico is definitely not doing a better job than, um, than the U.S. in terms of the pandemic. Because this only, like, they're only this strict with the sporting events. Like, literally. Everything else, pretty loose. You know, I've I've uh, I went down there to Aguascalientes for the for the, the Necaxa game. I go to Tijuana, you know, uh, you know, once in a while, at least once a month, once or twice a month, I do go to Tijuana, and I see everything. It's way different than than San Diego. I mean, everything is pretty much you know open. Uh, you know, restaurants you can dine inside. Everything everything's good to go in Tijuana, and um, yeah. So that's the thing. That's the thing in terms of handling handling the pandemic. In Mexico, it seems like they're not really doing the best job. But on paper, you know, people from the outside look at it. Oh, they're not allowing fans in the stadium. They're, they're probably doing a good job. Uh, but, yeah, this really only applies to the sporting events, uh, which is, which is kind of odd, you know. Uh, but, yeah, overall, like you said, like for me also, I mean, the hardest thing in this pandemic has been not being, being able to attend, you know, sporting events. I used to go cover Cholos like every week <laughs> or Puebla or – some other team I used to go, you know, work, cover, uh, or sometimes go as a fan. Uh, and, you know, that was that was awesome, you know, for me, entering the players. And it's probably going to be some time before we can actually interview a player in person uh, at a Liga Mekis game because, I mean, just the way things are looking. But, um, yeah, overall, the handling, the handling of the pandemic has not been, I would say, the best in Mexico. It just appears this way because of, you know, they're not allowing fans in the, in the league. Now, this is kind of probably a long shot, but, you know, we have Cholos being so close to the border. Have you ever thought about maybe, you know, them coming across the border and playing a game and get some fans in there? Because they have, they're like one of the only teams that could do that uh, easily more than another. Obviously, you know, the America and Chivas, you know, there's more America and Chivas fans in the U.S. than any other team, just like in Mexico, because there's so many Latinos in the U.S. Yeah. Has it ever, like, crossed your mind, you know, maybe why not try to get Tijuana to come play in the U.S., play their games in San Diego? Kind of like Toronto, the Raptors playing in Tampa. I know it's the NBA team and they play in that league. But, like, 
you think that could be a possibility of where I've seen Tijuana, the Cholos come play in San Diego, maybe get some fans in there? That would be insane. That would, that would be awesome. Uh, that would be amazing. But the thing is, would Cholos do it? Because, you know, still at home, they do have a bit of an of advantage there with the, with the turf, I would say. And they're, you know, their whole play, you know, a lot of the players, when they come over to Tijuana, they have to adjust to play with the turf to kind of get some plays going because, you know, of course, the, the, the ball bounces differently. It's a completely different game. So I don't, I don't know. I just don't think they would do it just based off of that. Um, but in terms of if they want to make some, you know, they would make some good money there. Could probably sell the tickets for a decent price. A lot of fans would definitely go. I mean, there's a lot of Cholos fans in, in the San Diego area. Of course, the whole the Gringo Cholos group there with Marty and everybody. Uh, but uh, yeah, I mean, overall, I think it would be an amazing thing. But in terms of them actually doing it, uh, like you said, I think it is a long shot. Uh, but <laughs> definitely, definitely, definitely. Uh, if I were, you know, one of the higher ups of the team, it's something I would be thinking about now just because to cater to the fans as well, you know. At least one game. Yeah, you know, you got to try to bring in some money because that's what every team has been lacking is a steady flow of income because that's what they rely on in the games is their ticket sales. And Tijuana probably being the most expensive. I think they are the most expensive tickets in they are. the league. They are. With, um, I forgot, me and my dad were just talking about this. I think it's Tijuana and... Monterrey. Monterrey because of the stadium. Yeah. So... Um, you know, they have been missing that, but you know, I've just been dreaming, bro. I've been trying to go to a game, you know, because I have me and my dad, the Cholo Passes, you know, I've been going to the games for years and I miss it. I miss out of every team I go see on a consistent basis, I miss the environment and the atmosphere at Estadio Caliente more than any other team that I like. And it's just because the fans and the people and El Masacre and just, you know, everyone going crazy and yelling, chanting, the drums being played. You know, I miss that. And I, hopefully this pandemic ends soon, bro, because I'm trying to go back there. And I, I think everyone is. I think we're all tired of it. And I think it's just time that we go back and sit in the Estadio Caliente. And hopefully we get to do that soon. Yeah, for sure. I mean, the, the atmosphere there at the Stuckland is absolutely electric. One of the best in the league, actually. Pretty underrated. I think a lot of people don't actually know what it's like because a lot of people haven't been to the stadium uh, around Mexico. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, it's absolutely amazing, like you said. And, yeah, hopefully we get back soon, guys. But, yeah, uh, finishing up this podcast now, another episode of Cholos Unplugged. Uh, we've talked about a lot of the games now. Uh, we'll try to be, like we said, more consistent for sure. Uh, we have some big games coming up, like we said, Tigres, Monterrey, America. Uh, but yeah, guys, uh, another uh, good episode here. Good talking shows with you, Andre. Any final thoughts? Uh, yeah. I just, I want us to play good against Tigres, Monterrey, and America. But this, without a doubt, is probably one of the toughest series of games that I've seen. Cholos coming up with, especially three games. Uh, these next three games are going to be tough. And like you said, hopefully we get a little bit more consistent content out. And I think we will. I think we're definitely going to want to talk about this Tigres game, uh, just being against the best club in Mexico. So um, hopefully it doesn't pan out the way that we expect it to. But, you know, just hopefully Cholos get those points that they need and hopefully they can uh, execute that. So, but yeah. And uh, where can our listeners, you know, find you on Twitter or anything you want to plug right there? Yeah, so uh, I'll plug it into the bio, but uh, my Twitter is at Andre Beltran ASU. You can find me on Twitter. 
And, um, you know, you could also follow us at, you could also follow our page, East Village Times, because that's where, when this podcast is run through, this is the Cholo Unplugged EBT podcast. So follow our Instagram at East Village Times SD and then East Village Times on Twitter. And Francisco? Yeah, of course, you know, follow East Village Times. This wouldn't be possible. Well, East Village Times, well, James. Uh, and of course, uh, you guys can follow me at Francisco EFV. Uh, there are updates on Liga Mekis in English. And yeah, uh, thank you guys for another uh, episode here. Thank you guys for listening. Uh, Francisco and Andre, thank you guys. Another episode of Cholos Plug. We'll see you on the next one. Take care. Yeah. Don't